Okay, here we go. Let's do that. Okay. All right. So whenever you're ready to do your promo bumper thingy, go ahead. Hey, this is Mike Iamelli from MikeIamelli.com, and you're listening to Jeff Smith at uh, Vroom Vroom Veer. That's what it's called, right? You got it right. Right on the first try. Well done, sir. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Dennis Mellon, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you for the opportunity to talk today. Hey, I'm glad to have you. This is going to be fun. And we have to uh, warn everybody, we're both Air Force retired people. You were in the Air Force Reserve. I was Air Force active duty 20 years. So we might get a little jargony. Let's try not to do that. Okay, so right, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. There you go. So talk a little bit about what you're most excited about over there at beabean.net. Well, I'm excited about the opportunities to get out and speak with people to pass on some of the um, knowledge and nuggets that I have as uh, as a former uh, leader, a retiree now, uh, so that people don't have to uh, go through the University of Hard Knocks the way I learned most of my lessons. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. If you can save some people some time, that's, that's, a, right. that's a noble mission, sir. <laughs> I wish you had been around when I was a kid. Uh, anyway, so um, let's go back in time. Actually, before we go back in time, you went to the Air Force Academy, am I correct? I did. Uh, I graduated back in 1975, a while ago. Yeah, a while ago. But uh, pranks are a big deal over in the Air Force Academy, so I'm told. So later on, not right now, later on, we're going to talk about some of your favorite prank stories from the Air Force Academy. So we're. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I think the uh, statute of limitations is in effect. So I should. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're well past the statute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can freely speak about that now. Um, okay. So before we do that, though, let's go back in time and talk about you. Like, say, where did you grow up? Well, I was an Air Force brat. My dad uh, retired as a chief master sergeant. So I. Nice. Uh, I, 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 as I go back and look at it, uh, the other day I was looking at it. I went to 14 different schools from kindergarten through. Uh, <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's lot. Why, that, that, that explains a lot. My wife says that explains why I'm so screwed up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it would probably make you a really tough kid. Well, it, uh, I got used to change. That's for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what sort, where did you, uh, bop around to like, how many did, how many oh, times did you well, move? I was born at Tinker Air Force Base there, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma right? Yeah. Okay. Um, we uh, lived in uh, Germany, uh, Italy, wow. Greece, nice, uh, Hawaii, a bunch of places in the U.S. I, I right. went, as I said, I went to four different high schools. Four different high four. schools. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> One every year. I I went to. Uh, I'm a graduate of Biloxi High School, Mississippi. Nice, Keesler. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I don't have that accent. I'm not going, y'all better not be doing any messing around over there, you hear? Right, right. You don't even have yeah. an accent. Yeah, well, you're like me. If you spend enough time in the Air Force, then you kind of get homogenized. That's what I... <laughs> I guess. That's, I, what, yeah. that's the excuse we're using today. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. When I go home and I and I back to the UP, I sound like this there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of Canadian Minnesota mix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah hey there. Hey there. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> okay. So that's a, that's quite a diverse high school career. So, and your dad, what was your dad's or chief? What was his uh, uh, specialty? Uh, he was in communications. Okay. All right. Uh, he he uh, did uh, uh, a lot of the the technical support nowadays is probably handled by uh, computers. But right. back then there was a lot of, and it wasn't like phone lines and, and, and things like that, but it was a, it, keeping the, um, communication okay. lines open right, right. everywhere. The from, old school uh, calm. Yes. Yeah, from <laughs> telephones to, mm. to, uh, radios, radios and long range stuff. Yeah. Right. Wow. And he, and he got all the way to chief that, I mean, was that, was that tough? <laughs> Well, some chiefs uh, are really cool. Some not yeah. so much. I hope you had a cool chief for a dad. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't think I don't think okay, he good. wasn't your typical military guy. He he really. Oh, nice. Uh, in fact, I learned a lot of leadership from him. He was really concerned about his troops all the time. That's right. good. So, That's good. Yeah. So that that means you know he's kind of like not the stern uh, disciplinarian. I, I okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could he could be. Step, you know, especially if it was disrespectful or something, he could be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, everybody deserves a cuff every once in a while. <laughs> in fact, I think I still have a couple of dents in my head. <laughs> my dad, when I was growing up, I don't, I don't remember too, too many times when he actually made physical contact. His move was he would take his belt out and just like roll it over together and snap it. Yeah. <laughs> really loud. Pretty in, yeah, pretty intimidating. It is. <laughs> you got my attention, Dad. <laughs> and you know, he was huge, you know, yeah. relative to kids. Yeah. Okay. So um how many times I think we talked about this, but you decided to go to the Air Force Academy. So how was that like your first choice or was that like uh something to uh, do? You know what? It was actually my only choice. Really? That's what I, yeah. I you was, were committed. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a funny story because it was like uh, when I was 10 years old, I'm sitting in a in a field next to an Air Force base at the end of a runway when two F-4 Phantom jets take off and full afterburner in front of me, and I'm just jumping up and down going, yeah, baby, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Wow. Of course, my wife <clears> says <throat> I've got a long ways to go, but um, on the grown-up part, so... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So how many times did it take you to get in? You apply a couple of times. It's a real, it's a lot of work. They don't let many people into the academies. No, um, I was lucky. I, uh, uh, out of high school, I wasn't, I probably really wasn't ready for the Air Force Academy. And I got sent to a a prep school with with a scholarship. Not the prep school located at the Air Force Academy, but one up in Oregon, actually. Okay. So I spent, spent, uh, about eight months there and reapplied and then, uh, uh, made it, uh, you know, sometimes people wow. leave the back door open and, uh, people sneak in. So I must be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was going I, in the pre-show chat, I told you, I worked with a, <clears throat> I want to say he was a Colonel. Um, 
and he used to be a pilot, and he was in acquisition when I was working with him. And he put on he put on his wall in his office his three rejection notices from the Air Force Academy. Yeah. And the fourth one he didn't put up there because he got accepted. <laughs> well, you, you, it's you really know, it's, hard. It, it's really hard to get in. There's an old uh, samurai saying, and that's uh, "fall down seven times, get up eight. And if you're going to be successful, you better you better have that philosophy because you are going to see some. Uh, adversity and some challenges come at you yeah and the key is the key is to find the opportunity out of it or you know uh two steps forward one step back until you get there you know totally yeah you know it's you know it for me it's more like also once you figure out like really what you want like you did right it's sort of like it's like you you can either say all right well I didn't get it or you can quit. Right. But if you're, right. if you quit, that's gotta be a conscious decision too, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And I think, you know, if it turns out like it's just not going to happen, I mean, how many times are you going to try? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I have a friend that, uh, it took, uh, I, I don't know, five or six times for him to pass the bar to be a lawyer. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Persistence and grit. You got to admire that. You know? Yeah. Oh, that would be brutal. <laughs> I I can't. I my wife is acquainted with somebody at work whose fiance ha, is going through this with med school. Oh yeah, you know it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what it's all about. If you're going to be a professional, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, you know, you a, you want it to be really hard. You know, it's right. just and there's bound to be gatekeepers there that. Uh, Right. That are going to keep the riffraff out, really. Yeah, totally. Oh, sometimes people like me sneak through. So. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Okay, yeah. so what was life like, before we get into the pranks, just what was life like for you at the Air Force Academy? I heard it's it's just task-saturated, crazy busy, right? Yeah, it, it you know, it starts early in the morning with Reveille and breakfast. Uh, right. You know, we're... I, I have to, I have four sons. I have to, had to laugh at them because they would uh, avoid certain classes because of, uh, well, that one starts too early in the morning. I said, what time mm. does it start? I said, oh, that's a nine o'clock class. I'm going, shut up. You know? <laughs> um, but it, the, the days were pretty, pretty packed, uh, right. especially during the week. Um, most, uh, most people graduate from college with about you know, 120 semester hours, uh, you graduate from the academy with close to 200. Wow. Because of all the classes. Uh, yeah, again, I have to laugh at my sons. I'm taking a full load. How many semester hours you have? 15. I said, 15? I never had, I, yeah, I never had any less than 18, you know. Uh, there are a couple right. of, one year it was like 24, so. Wow. Or one semester. Yeah. Um, but then again, you're kind of in a, uh, at the time it was an all boys school. You're kind of in a, uh, uh, um, you're in a pressure. Yeah. And you're no, kind of in a pressure no, cooker. All the distractions are removed. It's not like you're oh, running downtown it. and having beers in the middle of the week or whatever. Right, you know? right, right, right. You're kind of locked down. Right. Yeah. Wow. So like, is it, is it sort of like 24 seven, like basic training style? No, that kind of relaxes, uh, especially okay. after after your uh, uh, freshman year, your dually year is what they call it. Okay, uh, that kind of relaxes your. It's it's typically uh, uh, your first class is usually somewhere between uh, seven thirty and nine. Okay, I don't know if it's still that way. And then uh, 
you know, you have study hours and, uh, or, or, or places that you, uh, <clears throat> get together with, uh, your, your, uh, study groups and, okay. and stuff. Um, but classes are usually over like about three thirty or four. And then you start into intramurals and, uh, uh, there's three seasons of intramurals there. You know, and wow. Everybody okay. participates unless you're, uh, Unless you're on a, a varsity uh, athletic team, uh, okay, on an intercollegiate uh, team or something, right? So okay, there's usually that, and then wow. there's always Saturday morning training. <laughs> there, there was a half a day in there, so wow. That usually, that usually was a lot of the military stuff. So gotcha. It, it when you talk, it just seems like you're just you have zero time to think about much other than what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty... <laughs> and then when you do, you're just in. sleeping or, or studying, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, the, the one thing, that, the one drawback, though, is, uh, I, and I felt this after I graduated, there, the, that social social side of it that gets developed while you're in college, that that discipline of, uh, of uh, instead of being made to do something, uh, you're determining your schedule. You're determining when to do things. Right. Um, that might have been lacking a little bit. And of course, you know, it was an all male school at the time, so <laughs> that that side uh, took a little development too. So, <clears throat> sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got the rest of your life to figure that shit out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I still haven't figured it out. I don't know about you. I don't know. I, yeah. You know, I, I went immediately from high school right into active duty as an enlisted dude. Yeah. So, My brother did the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I went from the UP and then basic and then tech school. And my tech school was really short. It was, like, eight weeks, I think. Yeah. And then I did 30 days of leave and two years in Japan. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I'm it, sure. That was probably pretty exciting to have be able to do that, though. It was. It was yeah. amazing. I mean, uh, you know, you go through all those emotions of being a kid and being away from home and being lonely right. and being stupid, <laughs> you know, yeah. and doing all those stupid things, right? But, yeah, I mean, it was a blast. You know, yeah. it was a good time, but I didn't really, I kind of think I, I also missed, I guess if I had a college experience, it would have been my first two air force assignments because, yeah. you know, I'm a, you know, single, basically living in a dorm, you know, and then age 23, I got married and I stayed married for 29 years, still married. <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife and I have been married for 38, so that's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. It's, actually, it's getting close to 39, I guess, now. So. Right, right. It's always hard to remember the exact date. I always have the <laughs> ballpark, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, okay. So it sounds like you had, like, maybe not fun's not the word, but a good experience, right? <laughs> yeah, it was very challenging. It was, right. uh, it's not something like th that I would say, boy, I'd like to go back and do it all again. Right. Uh, but I uh, established some lifelong fl friendships that were uh, that are that are pretty uh, pretty good for me. I I, I really uh, uh, still keep in touch with a lot of them. So, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like shared adversity kind of thing. You know exactly. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Those bonds you can just pick those up. So it's like you yeah. can go for years and years not seeing those people again. Yeah, and then. Someday, for whatever reason, you pick up the phone and you talk to him, and it's like no time has expired. <laughs> exactly, you, you almost you almost pick up the conversation where, where you left it left off. off. Yes, yeah. 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 I, I I occasionally get uh, 
a Facebook chat from a former supervisor slash best buddy. <laughs> you know, yeah. We usually have some of those. Um, and he's like, dude, I miss you. <laughs> yeah. You should, we should yeah. hang out again. And I'm yeah, like, let's go have a couple. Beers yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's go get a beer. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yes. So, okay. <clears throat> so, uh, how long did you actually fly for the air force then? Okay. So you, Oh, you went immediately into 20, reserve duty 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, oh, no, wow. I, I, I was active duty for seven and then, uh, Oh, nice. Major, Remainder until retirement in 96 uh, for almost 21 years. Yeah. Okay. But we skipped over the, uh, the unit, uh, UPT. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, UPT. <laughs> Sorry. That, that's that pilot training. That was immediately pilot. after graduation. Yeah. I, right. 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 I, pilot I, training. The base is closed now. It's outside of Phoenix. Um, it was Williams air force base and it's now the, it's now a international gateway. They use it for cargo or something. Okay. Okay. So, some of the buildings are still out there. I went back there a few years back. It's uh, but uh, it's a great place to uh, have pilot training. Big town nearby, and plenty of airspace to the east and uh, right. south. To, right. To go out and practice uh, all the formation flying and, and basic flying skills that uh, uh, that you need to go before you go to your <clears throat> operational airplane. So. Right. Right. And I think most people, civilians, don't realize the attrition rate, the fail rate out of pilot training is huge. <laughs> so, like, I don't even, what is the, do you remember what the number was, what your fail rate was in no, your school? No, I, you know, my class was primarily made up of um, Air Force Academy graduates, but okay. of attrition rates, because of the, t the time that I was there, we started out with like 1,450 guys right. at the Air Force Academy. We graduated like 700 and something. Wow. Almost 50%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just in the academy. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But that was, that, that was <laughs> right toward, that was at the height of the, or right at the end of the Vietnam War. And we were not real popular oh, in gotcha. the military at the time. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> I was surprised when I, because I didn't, I spent most of my career not working with pilots. So then when I did, I would, I was like, Hey, look, you're a pilot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I would be like, and then I was working with maintenance officers and space guys and all these other, you know, other officers, right. Up right. until then I had been in sig SIGINT world signals intelligence with right. the, the folks that are the military side of the national security agency. Right. And all of those guys, for the most part, I think, wanted to be in Intel, strangely enough. But then when you get into like the Air Force world, most of those guys wanted to be pilots and now they're something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where, you know, you get that really high fail rate. It was like, hey, so how'd you get to be a, ma uh, a maintenance officer? And he's like, I couldn't land my trainer. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, funny thing. Uh, we don't have takeoff pilots only, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I worked with uh, uh, an instructor pilot in uh, Qatar, and he flew with Special Forces. Okay, I, I think it was oh, MC one thirty five, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, yeah. The the one that flies really low, and then the 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 guys drop out. <clears throat> but they're trying to stay below radar and they have to fly right. over the tips of trees and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I can train a monkey to fly. 
if I have enough time, anybody can learn how to fly. Right. It's flying and fighting that makes it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does add a little layer of of, uh, of pressure on you when you're ha- having to perform and 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 somebody's shooting at you or something. It does, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's that exactly is what he described is like that. It's not like we're trying to be mean. It's like if you don't get it at this point, you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You just don't have it. You know, some people have it. Some people don't have it, you know, and they've gotten really good at figuring that out. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Okay. So, okay. So seven years active duty, where did you, uh, where were you stationed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, besides Williams Air Force Base for uh, pilot training and uh, uh, I, my first assignment was in uh, Northern Maine, the Northeastern portion up at Loring, Oh, About six miles yeah. from the Canadian border. Right. Well, uh, every bit as brutal weather as uh, Upper Peninsula. Of yeah. Michigan. Ouch. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. that's probably further north <laughs> than yeah. K.I. Sawyer. Yikes. Well, I remember the first year, and you can probably relate to this. First <clears throat> year uh, I was there, it was something like 175 inches of snow. Right. Uh, yes. You know, and, and Just when walls you're shoveling of it. the sidewalks, you're actually shoveling it up over your head. Crazy. You know, to, to get it to the side. Yes. And, uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fun. <laughs> no. Thank goodness there's snowblowers now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and it couldn't be fun to, to fly in that kind of stuff either. No. And uh, the plane that I fly in uh, until you got the engine started did not have heating. So. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> so I, 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 I'd start out flying in mucklucks and uh, uh, parka. Wow. Know? Wow. And you, you, you'd you see peel it off. Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing your breath in the cockpit as you're... Uh, Doing pre-flights and stuff. <laughs> Loring. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Well, you Thank know. Goodness the, they, they've closed that one, too. So Yeah, they've yeah. closed K.I. Sawyer. Good, good. Yeah. It's beautiful country. I mean, and once you get out of wintertime, you know, then yeah. it yeah. fall is awesome. You know, summer's probably great. But, yeah, yeah, the winter. Oh, my goodness. It's like Vegas. Vegas is the opposite. Because you don't yeah. really want to be here in the summertime. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah. Well, I spent uh, about uh, sixteen years in Southern California. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, uh, in the reserves, I was most of the time was there at March Air Force Base. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, so, I did a yeah, qualification at March. Three days like Phoenix is were routine. Really? Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Because yeah. March is like by Riverside. Right? Yeah, it's in the what they call the Lower Desert. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof, I didn't realize it was that hot. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you get away from the coast. Yeah. And not, you don't have to get that far away. Then it's, no, you know, yeah. Southern California really is only, I mean, as long as you hang around like, I don't know, 10 miles, I guess, maybe less from the, the coast, then it's like 75 and sunny, always perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even yeah. if you go downtown or the valley in LA, it's not as nice. <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty no, hot. It's pretty hot. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, you do your seven years. Now you're still. So, how does that work in the in the reserve? It's like two weeks, a year, a weekend, a month, that kind of thing. Well, that's the absolute bare minimum. Oh, okay. They, you know, and and as a pilot, you have to do a lot more to stay current and all the um, <clears throat> oh, all right. the different uh, phases of of flight. Right, right, right. You have to keep your qualifications you up. Right. Um, I typically spent um, eight to twelve days a month with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
gotcha. Just to go get your flight time and your qualifications. Well, no, I mean, we actually flew uh, operational flights. We, sure. Uh, we'd combine them with a with an air refueling and and maybe uh, haul cargo to Hawaii or something. So wow, I got into a routine where I was doing doing that like once a month, which was pretty nice. You know, okay, it's time to go get some mai tais. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad that gig. A bit, that was a pretty good gig. Yeah, not a bad gig. Good work. No, it was almost get it. like a schedule, like a, a airline schedule, really. You know. So did did you work in the airlines and and yes. Oh, okay. So yeah. you did your reserve duty while you were an airline pilot. Yeah, and I, what I tried to do is, uh, um, I tried to at least have one day a week off, and I, and I did that for, you know, about uh, uh, about ten years. And uh, a day off, year, you mean not yeah, fly? Last the, yeah, last <laughs> okay. year they moved the unit up to uh, Travis up a northern up near uh, right. Sacramento, right? And so I was commuting up there, and after a year or so, it just it was either move up there or retire. And I said, you know what, it's time to retire. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of driving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't drive. I could I could actually um uh jump seat on on on, oh, a, that's on right. any airline that was going up there. Oh, nice. And then then I'd rent a car up there or something, but uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's still a lot of moving around. Yeah. It gets it's old. a lot of hotel time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. So that's that's pretty cool. So you got to be like a a double dipper in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> well, people don't realize that's uh that kind of commitment with the reserves uh, in a in a uh, uh, it's more than it's unit. a more than yes. more than part time job. Really, yeah, it's not really a reserve unit. It's it's a mission ready unit. And, right, uh, right, right. So uh, that was a considerable uh, obligation in time. Yeah, uh, and adding uh, a, a day to go up and back or something like that, it just got to be too much. So sure. <clears throat> so not quite it's that's you know better than i would say that's a half-time job or maybe close yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a part-time job that's yeah. a half-time job yeah and then the other half you're flying for alaskan airline right yeah. okay wow yikes that's still a lot of work and with uh with crew rest you you probably didn't have a whole lot of time to screw around well, <laughs> you can always find the time to, to uh, have some fun, some sort of trouble to get into. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Go have some Mai Tais. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So at some point, you, uh, all right. So did you retire from the reserves before the heart attack or after the heart attack? Um, I, before. Okay. Before. So then yeah, you were, it was, I, I re, it was 12 years after the, uh, after I retired from the air force. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So then you went full time Alaskan airline pilot. Right. Okay. So was that, was that like more flying hours or less? Um, Probably. it ended up, uh, it ended up being, uh, uh, about the same really, because I was oh, still okay. flying a full schedule before, but, um, at what, at some point, like about, I don't know, 2001, 2002, I, I moved into the, uh, to the uh, training department where I didn't fly as much. I okay. did a lot of, uh, I, I was what they call a uh, fleet captain in charge of the, the training for the 550 pilots and uh, 40 instructors that were uh, part of the uh, MD-80 program. At the time, Alaska had two different airplanes, okay. uh, 737s and MD-80s. And then uh, those MD-80s retired in uh, 2008. All right. And, uh, 
so then I, I, I was on the 737 for, uh, for that time. Okay. Yeah. So you pretty much just still had a full-time job even after you retired. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. (laughs) But it did allow me to have uh, a little more time. I had four boys at the time. The oldest was like 11 or 12. So I could start spending more time with the family. I did the little league coaching and volunteering with the school district and and things like that. Gotcha. Cause you could stay home more, right? Yeah. 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 So did you like, you had like one base kind of like that you flew out of? I did. We ended up uh, moving from Southern California up to uh, outside of Seattle. Okay. Nice. So, That's that a, a nice that area. Was a big change. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. it was. Rains yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says about Seattle, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did it? Did it not rain a lot? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's not that it rains hard. In fact, it's just misty and everything's wet all the time. People oh, don't, up there okay. typically don't even carry umbrellas because it's just a mist. Okay. Gotcha. Know? But, uh, but if you're, uh, if you're not from there, you think it's raining all the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. everything's wet gotcha, you know, gotcha. and foggy. Um, right. Right. The, the weather reports always include a thing. Oh yeah. Uh, there'll be some sun breaks at about, uh, starting at about two or three o'clock. In the afternoon. <laughs> now who, who talks about sun breaks? Sun breaks. Yeah. Wow. The clouds apart and you'll see some rays of sunshine. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's not fun, but you know. You get used to it, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you yeah. just ring gear on and, and start, still do your walking and hiking and biking and all that. Press you know. on with life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, did you ever spend any time in uh, England or anywhere I did, in the UK? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that was as well, a kid, right? No, no. This is oh. part in the Air Force. I, okay. Uh, we uh, go over there. In fact, I spent a couple of different periods of about 45 days, uh, at Mildenhall. Nice. Okay. Uh, t- uh, temporary duty there. TDY. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Were you there in the winter time? Yes. It's really, cold. it's cold, very damp, cold, cold, yeah. dark, and wet. And, yeah. and you know, the people you, you were there, so, you know, <laughs> you know, it's really, yeah. really cold, dark and wet. Yeah. No snow yeah. though. So that's good. But yeah. I was stationed there for like three years. And yeah. after the first winter, my wife and I looked at each other. We were all white and pasty and started. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, next next winter, we're going to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one year we went to Mallorca. Okay. Uh, which is awesome. You know, um, really sunny. You know, like it's like you don't have to fly that far to get to another planet, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then the next year we went to Costa del Sol, which is sort of like the uh, – I guess the the coast, the Riviera. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's sort of yeah. the Costa del Sol is just like a touristy area, southern yeah. Spain. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome, but you know it does wonders to improve that mood from Absolutely. the seasonal affective yeah. disorder. You know, it's yeah. just dark yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so let's get into this. What happened and lead us into how you had this heart attack. Cause that was your big well, room. Yeah, it was, it was about, uh, it was about 2008, uh, uh, that I took up mountain bike riding for exercise and record, you know, you, you can't imagine the thrill of climbing up some of those mountains or hills out east of uh, Seattle in the foothills of the Cascades, uh, climbing up those hills and then coasting down in between the trees, kind of like, um, oh, kind of like slalom skiing uh, okay. uh, right. in, uh, at a Colorado resort or something. Okay. So uh, w- one day I, I, I decide I'm going to go tackle a trail listed in the trail guide as uh, it's a bitch. 
And uh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's so here bitch. I am. Okay. Yeah. So here I am about, it's a, you know, like a, uh, one part of it climbs 500 feet in less than a mile. So there's a bunch of switchbacks in there. Okay. And I'm huffing and puffing away and I start feeling some numbness in my arms. And I think, and this is really a tough hill. I haven't been on as tough. It, you know, it's literally a bitch. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I'm fall, clutching at my chest, fall off the bike. Whoa. And I don't remember anything else, but two hikers came by, uh, found me unconscious. They call 911. Now the EMTs have to hump their 100 pounds of gear up that same hill. Wow. Up to yeah. where I was. Yeah. And the hospital's a half an hour away. Wow. So from, from there where to the uh, hospital, they end up uh, shocking me about 25 times. Oof. And then in the ER, another 20 times. Wow. So I'm really lucky to even be here. Yeah, and, no uh, doubt. You know, my wife may claim different, but I'm lucky to have all my faculties too. I mean, I'm totally. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, just, so, just how many times did you get lucky there? I mean, you got the yeah, hikers. You got- <laughs> well, you know, I like to blame my uh, hairline on some of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got more hair than me and you're, yeah. <laughs> so you're doing all right. Um, yeah. No, but you think about that, like, you could have just laid there and died, right? Well, if if those two hikers hadn't have found me, I probably would have. Yeah, that yeah. Really, yeah. And I mean, shocking you that many times that that means you're on the edge. You're you're really close. Yeah. So, yeah. did you have any memory at all, uh, or was it just blank? It's pretty much blank because uh, once they got in the hospital, and not to get into all the details and stuff, but they right. they did the cool down to to preserve the oh really <laughs> the brain and everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they put you in ice kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, it ended up being uh, uh, a genetic condition that causes blockage of what they call the. Let me see if I get it. Lateral anterior descending artery it's called the widow maker oh wow yeah right so, okay yeah. i've heard well, of like the widow maker before be here but they they ended up putting uh, a stent in and they uh uh later later on they ended up putting a, uh, a medical device in my chest kind of a a combination platter at the uh at the uh, at your local restaurant you know it's a combination pacemaker uh defibrillator in case it ever oh wow again. holy yeah. cow but the but the sad thing out of it was uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but I'm I, about three weeks into uh, PT uh, physical training, uh, um, physical therapy, I guess. Right, right. Uh, I'm in the doctor's office getting uh, routine check and some tests, and I go, "Hey, doc, how much longer do I have to do this PT before I you think I can get back to flying?" And he kind of <laughs> he snaps his head around, looks at me like I'm some sort of two headed monster. He goes, "Dennis." You've had some serious heart damage. You're you're never going to fly again. Really? And, uh, wow. So you didn't figure that out yet. Okay. Gotcha. That was stunning. I mean, it felt like the room started closing in on me. I could feel my my throat kind of going dry and tears right. forming in my eye. And, right, right. I mean, we already talked about it. That's all I wanted to do since age 10. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. And uh, you kind of yeah, have an identity crisis retirement. In, in, that, in that moment. You start going... Well, who will, who am I if I can't fly? Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? What, what do I do with the rest? I'm only at the time I was only 56, so you know. Right. I still had like you had some shit nine, to do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I could have flown for another nine years, you know. Wow. So, so I with 28 years of flying, I I end up having to say uh, hasta la vista, baby. You know. Right. Right. 
and then uh, kind of go into a, a deep funk. Oh yeah. For a few months, I'm I'm sitting around in uh, sweats and bathrobe, going through the channels. You, you know the routine. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't. I don't need any Ginsu knives. I don't. I don't need. Uh, right. No, Chia Pets, you know, uh, Medicare Part B. I've, right. I've got. I'm way past that. Or yeah. Before that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I finally, finally started figuring out some things of what, uh, what uh, Dennis Mellon 2.0 was going to look like. You know. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's that's tough. I think we all yeah, it go. It, we all go through that at some point in our lives. Well, I like to think of it as it's kind of an inverted life. You know, most kids graduate from high school and they go, now what? You know, what right. college, what trade school? Right. Do I join the military like you did. And I had a signalness of purpose and I only applied to one yeah. uh, uh, university and that was the Air Force Academy. Right. And now at age 56, I'm like the 18 year old. Now what do I do? You right. Know? Right. And plus with the added thing of uh, who wants uh, somebody that's 56 years old? Yeah. Who thinks they know everything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't think you know everything. You know you know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, my wife keeps me grounded on that. That's for sure. I'm kidding. Yeah. I get it. Yes, yeah. I, I, I totally understand what you mean. Trying to get a, a brand new job and just figuring yeah. out what job you want. Yeah. It's got to be, that's just crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It yeah. Is. I mean, I, I went, I, I did, the, I, finally I started coming out, I started doing the, I figured it had to be something with aviation, so I okay. I uh, I did the link door glass, uh, <laughs> or link hand glass door, whatever it is, and uh, all of those D, guys, yes. yeah, the revolving door of applications, and I went through a series of jobs that were uh, aviation related. One of them was heading up a training department for six hundred and something pilots, and another forty instructors, and a consulting firm where. I, where I, I consulted with international carriers going to Kenya and Philippines and stuff. Okay. And it was, it was good, but it still wasn't the same. It was like, you kind of felt like the, the proverbial old guy going down the hallways, going, complaining about his knee and saying, you know, if I hadn't had this knee injury, I would have been in the NFL or, or in the Super Bowl. Uh. Right. You know, you can hear yourself um, whining, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, okay. And then, then here comes one day this this lady comes up to me and says, Hey Dennis, would you like to speak to our uh, to our group? And I um I went about what? And she says, Well, we've had conversations and you know, I've seen your resume and you've had all that organizational development uh major and in, in college and leadership schools and air force leadership schools and you've headed up why don't you talk about leadership and yeah i don't know it was just like you know the, uh, we were talking about being in, in in england and being dark the the sky parted and this shaft of light came on and went yeah i could do that <clears throat> that was I one of those on, uh, uh maybe i can pass on some shortcuts or something so that every the people i talk to don't have to learn the hard way like i did you know you can be one of those sunshine bricks yeah. Exactly. So that's how I started. Yeah. Wow. I start. That's how I started uh, the uh, be a bean uh, thing. And I, the, the, I guess there needs to be an explanation there. Yeah. Tell the tell the you know, uh, the anecdote about be a bean. Yeah. The the um, you know business and life in general is this roiling boiling pot of water. We don't we don't have any control over that. It's always there. But you right. can enter that. Uh, you can enter that boiling water as a, as like a coffee bean, and eventually you start influencing that water. 
And the goal would be to change it into gourmet coffee. So as a leader, that's what you're doing is you're influencing people. You're jumping in that water, trying to make them make that water smell good, taste good. And, and ultimately be uh, gourmet coffee. Get them working together. And know? give you a jolt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and change other people into coffee beans because it really can spread. Right. You, uh, I like that. I, I get excited about talking about it. It's a, it's a it's fun stuff. It's a fun yeah. it's a fun anecdote. I like that. Yeah. It, yeah. And you've got to little... get to be like an armchair quarterback, you know? <laughs> Here's what you need to do. You know. No, I don't do that. I don't. I I I, I, I it's more of a questioning more of a, I, when I, when I count counsel or, or coach or whatever you want to call it, it's, it's yeah. more of a Socratic thing. And, and they oh, nice. draw, and then they'll draw things from me. Um, uh, I, I might have a, a, a teaching segment or something like that that will help them, you know, uh, right. All, all kinds of little nuggets that they can pick up to, to, to uh, help them through that busy, when you're the leader, you're the hub, you know? Right. It's, uh, it's lonely. People don't yeah, realize just, yeah. and I, I was going to say something else, you know, I think you and I with all the air force indoctrination and training and, <laughs> and the leadership and the organizational man, right. You just get, it's like you're swimming in it 24 yeah. seven all the time, every day. Right. You take it for granted. Right. You yeah. sort of assume everyone I did anyway, maybe you didn't, but I did that. Everyone, is like a leader, right? That's in basic, basic training. The first thing they say is now you're a follower, but you're also a leader, right? Right. From day one, it's like, you're you're an airman basic. You have zero stripes. You're a leader. And you're like, no, I'm not. (laughs) And and you believe it after a while. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. It goes, goes beyond that though. There's a stereotype that people think of people with, uh, Military backgrounds are, right, you know, they're, right. they're drill sergeants and they just make people do that. And it's like, you don't do this, drop it. Right. Give it to, and I'll tell you what. Uh, it's not the, like that at all. <laughs> the people that I've dealt with. Yeah. There's rank structure and there has to be. Right. Because, it's, we, you know, we're it, it's a serious business where people yeah. <laughs> get killed. Right. Um, but I've seen some of the best, most inspiring leaders with a with a military background because they they know when to use the, the bark and when to use the a uh, uh, Jeff. Come over here. Let's 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 talk exactly. this problem through. Right. Not not Jeff. You screwed this up. Right. Drop and give me ten. But uh, right. let's let's talk this through. Uh, what can <clears throat> we do better? And it's and we don't dwell on what has happened. You take the lesson and move forward. Oh God, on. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not Dennis Mellon. Is so, he screwed up six, seven things here? Well, yeah, you know, and you, you know. went through that too, probably. Yeah. Even in the military, right? Yeah, there, the the whole like rehashing what happened. There, right. there. That's fine. I mean, you have to do that. You you want to system systematize right the uh, right. the lesson learned process. You know, right. capture everything because that's why you do shit. You do shit yeah. to learn, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, but it's you not don't, a case of you don't dwell on. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's not a case of uh, finding out who screwed that up, whose fault. Exactly. It? No. It's, it's not not uh, uh, who's right, but but what's right. And, exactly. And instead of uh, you know, uh, it's it's that adage we're uh, we're talking about earlier that samurai. Uh, Adage of uh, fall down seven times, get up eight. Exactly. And that's the way. That's the way successful leaders deal with stuff. Right. You know? Right. Right. Well, when when I 
stepped away and retired from the military, right? Uh, the first thing I wanted to do was something as far away from anything related to federal service, right? <laughs> I don't know if you can relate or not, but um, but you had fun. I mean, you were in federal service, but you were flying a plane. So anyway, um, I, me not so much. You know, I, I, a lot of the shit that I was doing was just sort of a grind. You know, it's like, I'm not really 100% into this, but, you know, hey, I signed up, so let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you yeah. just suck it up and get the stuff done, you know. Um, but still, like that, that leadership stuff, right? At some point, you know, they tell you, okay, you're a leader, you're a leader, you're a leader. Like, shut up already. Okay, I'm a leader, right? <laughs> it's like, and then someday they go, okay, Jeff, here's your troops now. Now, now, yeah. now you're the guy and now you're yeah. leading and you're like, oh, today <laughs> and suddenly yeah. it's it's real right yeah and then then you start actually going back to the books and going okay well, i can't just yell at this person and tell them what to do <laughs> no that doesn't actually work <laughs> not all yeah. the time right and you're like oh okay and you start learning about like actually going over and saying hey good job right the first time yeah. i did that as a boss and then they responded i was like Holy crap, that worked. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I know. It? Yes. Yeah. And the other thing was, was um, you know, it, it's it's probably a little bit different on the enlisted side, but all of my troops, I think I had like 10 or 12 other enlisted troopies and I'm, you know, their boss, right? Yeah. Goofy me. <laughs> and And I'm old and, you know, not in the best shape, but I was always pretty good at running, right? And I had always like two or three folks struggling to pass their fitness test, right? right? And I could go out there and just sort of run like an idiot. <laughs> and they actually responded to that and they're like laughing at me going, well, if the old guy can do it. <laughs> well, you know what? There's, I, I have a complete uh, curriculum segment on that when that comes up and that's, you know, it's basically lead from the front. Yes. You know, if, oh yeah, if, totally. If you're, uh, you, uh, if you're doing it, you know, you, you got to walk the talk. Yes. You, you just have to walk the talk and the best way to do it is be out front. For sure. Know? If, if, uh, whatever you're asking someone to do, you better do it. You better be able to do it too. Yeah. You better do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then those, your, your followers are going to push you. That exactly. I yeah. had, uh, so the, the other thing I noticed was this young guy who was really athletic and wanted to get an outstanding. Well, he wanted to run with me too. Yeah. And that hurt a lot. <laughs> I was well, like, they say, they say and I did it. The, I did it. Yeah. You know, I did it. I'm just going to run like I, until I puke. <laughs> yeah, they, they say that, uh, that, uh, you are the sum total of the five people you hang around with the most outside of your family. You know, right. Right. But, so pick pick uh, people. Choose wisely, right? Choose wisely and, and pick people that are smarter than you. And faster than you and better than you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, uh, that doesn't eliminate the 7 billion people in the world. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can love everybody from afar, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, how the book came to be and uh, and talk a little bit about the book. Well, you know, a pandemic hit. So the, I started writing 
because uh, we, you know, uh, not so much locked down, but you really couldn't go anywhere. There was, so there's not, there's not I, so much to do. I've been threatening yeah. to write, write the book for a long time. Threatening. I like But that. it was hard. It was yeah. hard. I couldn't contemplate sitting down and, and, and rehashing uh, all that had happened. Right. But what I, what I ended up doing is I started writing, got a pretty good outline, got uh, enough words in there. And I looked at it and I go, oh, that's uh, that makes a total of about 60 pages. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, well, how am I going to fill, Not fill quite this a book. in? And I, right. I, I'd been keeping a journal. Okay. You know, uh, and I started looking at looking through the journal. I went, oh, that fits here. fits there. Fits. All of a sudden, I fleshed out about 160 word, uh, pages or so. Okay. And uh, you added and in I your stories. And I actually had a direction. What's that? You added in your stories. Yeah, adding to the stories and uh, talking about uh, it was it was really cathartic for me because I I really compartmentalized uh, the whole thing. I, I tried to forget about it when it would come up. I would uh, uh, you know divert to a to humor or something like that, so right. I didn't have to talk about it. But as I'm writing, the emotions would well up every once in a while, and I I, I just couldn't continue. I you know. Sure. Um, but I kept writing and kept writing. I finally got it together and went through the editing and and uh, found a uh, uh, a publisher that would work with me and and uh, got it out. Um, takes more than the heart. Changing the journey's challenges into opportunities is what I decided to name the book, and it's basically starts at the the time of the heart attack and uh, losing that passion that. You know, right. that, uh, that identity you love crisis. Your job, you'll never work yeah. a day of your life, you know. Yeah. Um, Who will I be if I can't fly? Now, right. how do I, Who now am I? Do I? Right. What, yeah. yeah. What do I, what do I do? Um, and, and the recovery process and all the different jobs that I had till I found, found a niche that, 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 uh, that inspired me again, you know. Right. I love what I do. It's right. not flying, <laughs> but I can't do that anymore. But this right, is right. the best thing and helping people or making a difference. And he's still a teacher too. You know, yeah. and you were my an instructor idea, teacher for, you know, your whole life, basically. Yeah. 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 My idea uh, or my vision is uh, to make a connection with everybody I contact, come in contact with uh, on an everyday basis. Oh, and, nice. Uh, by doing that, um, I, I, uh, I, I win them over uh, that, that we're all likable and love each other. But I, I get the I get them thinking about what they can do to, because when you start showing people gratitude, they just naturally gravitate to you and start doing things with you. You know, mm. they start, or if it's, if it's your team, they start working harder for you. If you have, gra- right. if you're a servant leader, you know, we've yep. talked about that. So anyway, the, the book uh, has come out. Um, I, uh, I use it uh, to help as a, like an origin story to, to bring people into my leadership program. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've gone through the, uh, through the routine of talking to rotaries and right chambers and, you know, I, the only difference is what kind of lunch you're going to get each day. When you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but some of those rotaries and uh, chambers are pretty, pretty good to talk to. Sure. Uh, do you ever uh, go back and talk on air force bases? You're not um, going to get a good lunch, but that's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, there's not very many Air Force bases uh, nearby here oh, in, uh, gotcha. in, in, in Illinois. I think the nearest 
I, I imagine there's probably a, a air guard base or something, but the nearest air force base is down in Scott near, uh, okay. Uh, right. Right. St. Louis, which is right. quite a ways. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Nothing wrong with that. No, I oh, just, just... I, I would go, I'd do it. Sure. I am going to, I am going to speak at the air force Academy in July. Oh, nice. Is, yeah. Well, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I'm going <clears> to, I'm <throat> kind of excited about that. So. That'll be fun. Yeah. It's completely different. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, I go, I've gone back for some um, uh, reunions and stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, things have changed. Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, things have to evolve. In, yes. Yeah, they've they brought in uh, women. Right. And it's and it's it's been good. Um, right. It's taken it's taken thirty years or or forty years or whatever to develop that first line of of uh, combat generals that are ladies. Right, because you know, it takes you it takes turn, a while. Yeah, yeah. lieutenant you don't just turn the switch on. And right, say, yeah. <laughs> here we got a general. No, it, yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah, yeah, they take a long time to cook a general. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, so, yeah. So that was the process. Um, I knew the the writing process itself was easier than the marketing process. I'll tell you. Oh that. yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting out and selling something is is it's not yeah, a, yeah. a natural thing to do. So, yeah, we're all just a little too humble. <laughs> well, it's not just that. It's uh, it's uh, uh, we've all been on the operations side, you know, and 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 right. Uh, the Air Force doesn't do a lot of selling things, you know. <laughs> no, once you're in, the the selling yeah. is done. their selling is called recruiting you know the product is being in the being in the air force and their sales are great okay so before we wrap up uh let's take a little bit of time to talk about some of your favorite pranks from the air force academy because we said we would right (laughs) and we teased it so now we have to we have to deliver on that and then we'll wrap up and give do the be a bean well the one that popped into my head was um uh, my sophomore year, uh, okay. uh, third class year, uh, the air force Navy football games coming up and when, and there was, uh, played at our home field at, there at the air force Academy. And when they bring contingents in from the uh, other schools, they let them stay in the dorms. Well, my roommate and I got this idea that, uh, here's this Navy guy next, next door. I'm going to borrow his, uh, uniform. And when they do <laughs> When they do the big march on onto the field, you know, uh, there's squadrons and companies and they're all squared up and they're, you know, saluting and bringing flags and playing right. pomp, uh, pomp and circumstance type music. And sure. So I come running out of uh, the um, uh, the gate like I'm late to ranks and I'm running circles around trying to find my spot. <laughs> where I'm supposed to be. And of course, that's it's great. on national TV. Oh, and then that's I try, great! So then I try to get off the field, and here's another squadron. So I, so I, um, I, I can't fit because they're coming at me. Mm. And all of a sudden, I get this heavy hand on my shoulder. Are you one of us or one of them? And you know, being an Air Force Academy guy, we can't lie, cheat, or steal. Right. Um, that's a, that's our oath. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm one of us. He says, boy, are you in a lot of trouble? <laughs> and what's funny, you know, I, I ended up having a disciplinary board and I had to march, uh, tours for it. And wow. Kind of but it was but worth industry, it. The guy, the guy that clapped me on the back of my shoulder ended up being my uh, instructor pilot and in pilot training. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
So he, uh, he, uh, uh, that's a good prank. I like brought that. that up a couple of times. He'd laugh about it and everything, but uh, that's awesome. That's a good story. Is it? Okay, good. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, a lot of the generals and admirals come to watch those games. So they're up in a suite up there. Right. And, uh, the name of the, uh, superintendent of the Academy was Albert P. Clark, I think was his name. And, uh, one, uh, and I think, one of the Navy guys, the chief chief of naval operations, had turned to him. They're probably chuckling about it. But he says, "Hey, uh, what's the matter, Al? Can't you keep your guys under control?" <laughs> so I was dead. Of course, of course they. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they would do now about that. Uh, back then, that was kind of like okay. So, uh, you know, you're going to be in trouble, but we're not kicking you out. I don't know if right. they would kick you out now or not. Right, right. <laughs> I doubt it because, you know, you can put all the that military you want there. Yeah. yeah, especially during uh, one of the rivalry games. I yeah, think you, yeah. you have a, a little bit of leeway there for being yeah, a slight maybe. idiot. That's <laughs> <It was> awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, uh, I was going to say my favorite one, and it's nowhere near as good as yours, but uh, after a dining in or out, I don't remember which. Um, I got cajoled into being a team of guys that decided to take the grog bowl, which is a no kidding detached toilet, yeah. and uh, and putting it on the commander's desk <laughs> <laughs> for him to see on Monday. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and here's the thing: not only did we not get in trouble. But he invited all of us to come take pictures with him with it on his desk. He loved oh, it. Geez. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> he was like, cool. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I digress. And uh, you are uh, at beabean.net. And uh, you are Dennis Mellon. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for about an hour or so. Well, Jeff, thanks very much for the opportunity. I enjoyed the uh, back and forth. And uh, I sure hope... Uh, I hope you're, uh, wish you all the success on your podcast and I hope you're able to monetize it to millions of dollars here and have thousands of followers. That'd be great, but I don't think yeah. I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta say, if you can't see it, if you can't see it, it'll never happen. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.